Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program.
J.M. and the A.M. Hine matov umanaim shevet achim gam yachar, a song about brotherhood and sisterhood that fits right in to our theme here at J.M. and the A.M. and the Nachum Siegel Network as we unite people around the world, especially those who are going through difficult situations. Oh, that is practically the entire world at this point. Shalshelas with Hine Matov. You heard the uh, Yeshiva Boys Choir. That was called Hillel. Hatov, that was a song from Shlomo Simcha. Maishi Menlowitz with a Heartbeats medley. Mina Shemayim done by Mordechai Shapiro. And, of course, Regesh. Modaani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Tuesday on this March 17th, day 21 in the month of Adar, the year 5780. Tough Shin Pei, 43 degrees with 90% humidity. Winds are east at 5 miles an hour. Today you got some morning rain and a high of 56. Tonight partly cloudy and a low of 41. Tomorrow mostly sunny, a high Wednesday, 54 degrees. 55 right now in Yerushalayim, some rain there as well. 43 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Well, the coronavirus situation, of course, continues, and the rules and regulations continue to become more strict and stringent, um, trying to live a normal life and trying to keep one's family and business life afloat becomes more and more difficult. I am hoping that these hours that we spend together um, in unity with the uh, sense of community around the world that I'm praying this program and this network creates, I hope it's a little bit of a uh, consolation, a little solace during a difficult time for so many. And I welcome those of you in the United States and around the world who are tuned in. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can comment on our app and be in constant touch with us. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. I was glad we got started early this morning with a nice bonus JM segment, even before JM in the AM. We're going to try to do that every day and get things going early for people who are anxiously awaiting our live presentation. Um, so I was glad we were able to, to get here early for that. This portion of the NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausages in Delhi is the world's best serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H and enjoy it today, Tuesday morning, JM in the AM. Um, we are now uh, three weeks from tomorrow night from the Pesach Seder. A lot of people starting to consider uh, what Pesach will be like and look like. Yesterday we had uh, both Dr. Dietrich and Dr. Rabbi Dr. Glatt on to discuss the guidelines and how important it is for our community and all communities to adhere to the guidelines that are being set down by federal and local officials. That could be very distressing for many, as you know. We've discussed it. Thank God there is a there is an obsession, and I say that in the greatest way possible and in a way that I hope God will appreciate it. There is an obsession in our community with uh, davening with a minion. 
and it's a great obsession. And I think rabbinic leaders of prior generations would be jealous of how much our generation, among the most common people, is um, addicted to going to shul on a daily basis. Certainly, certainly Shabbos and Yantif, but but even on a daily basis, even those who who may not be able to make it three times a day, try so hard to make it to a Mincha Minyan somewhere, try so hard to make it to a Marav Minyan before the end of the day, try so hard to open up their day very, very early and go to a very early Shachras Minyan. Uh, but that is something we don't have at this moment in, in most of the areas of our community. Most of the synagogues have closed. And... Um, I was reading a a Facebook post. I don't think he'll mind me mentioning him. He's an old friend. I was reading a Facebook post from a David Singer who is in Efrat, and he's. I don't think he is. Uh, I don't think he is either. Um, pretending to know why God does what He does. And as he says here, he apologizes in advance if his words are interpreted as an indictment of life before um, coronavirus. But he just has some words of reflection. He says, oddly, I feel a sense of tranquility. My neighborhood of Zayat in Efrat is quiet and peaceful like an early Shabbat morning. I don't hear the usual hustle and bustle, but rather the sounds of birds chirping, the sounds of nature. Spiritually, I sense the infusion of holiness in the world. It is as if Hashem is purging all that has infected our souls, cleansing us. Simply put, we're undergoing a spiritual reboot. I've read several articles as to how the environment is benefiting from COVID-19. Far less carbon emissions resulting in less pollution, a safer world. Similarly, in the spiritual realm, we're being cleansed of impurities. An example is our inability to pray in shul. For me, this is a clear message that our shuls needed a reboot. Interestingly, now that I daven at home, saying each word aloud with proper kavana, my tefillot are taking, taking twice as long as they did in shul. I don't miss the rush of tefillah, the sprint to get through tefillah, to either get to work or to simply get it over with. I also don't miss the din of those that necess- of incessantly talk during tefillah. Nor do I miss seeing those that are attached to their phones, some even playing video games while feigning davening. Yes, Hashem is sending us a wake-up call, targeting all those areas where we need improvement, our obsession with materialism, including the making of extravagant smachot, improper work and home balances, neglecting our families even when home, wasting precious time following sports, partaking in spiritually corrupted immoral activities such as casinos, bars, and theaters. At this time, I feel the hand of Hashem more than ever. I feel His love and compassion. He is directly intervening and righting the world. I don't profess to understand at all why it must be done through the suffering of so many people, but it's not for me to question his ways. I feel his love more than ever and will do my best to make myself a better person and follow his ways. May this horrible disease end quickly, but the lessons that Hashem is teaching us now endure forever. Now again, I'm not a fan of anybody ever saying why anything has happened, but it, but he's saying it more from a, you know, now that it has happened perspective, here are some of the things we've learned from it. And I find that very, very interesting. Um, and for those of us who, uh, and I think we mentioned this yesterday, for those of us who are used to being on the road for Pesach and partaking in comfortable, I don't want to say everything's always extravagant, but certainly comfortable 
and luxurious programs, the likelihood is now that we will be in our own homes for the holiday of Pesach, something to be appreciated. I've spent half my life in programs and half my life at home, so I, I understand the benefits of both. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly appreciate the benefits of being home, at least that's the way it seems, uh, this time around, unless something changes drastically, of course. And, um, and um, in terms of Cholomoid, I was thinking about this. Cholomoid, uh, the likelihood is, again, Yantav is three weeks from tomorrow night, so we don't know for sure exactly what's going to happen, and we know that God can miraculously change things immediately, and we hope he does. But the likelihood is that uh, Cholomoid programs and activities, concerts, get-togethers, um, fun stuff on the street and things like that are likely going to be uh, canceled. Um, and there will be a period of time in Chutzlaretz. It will be uh, Sunday and Monday. Uh, in Israel, it'll include uh, Friday, Sunday, and Monday. Um that will be um, a very different Cholomoid. Very different with uh, life on those days being very similar to the way they are right now, except maybe for the homeschooling that's taking place and things like that. So some of the things to consider as we get closer to Yontif, and um, we will be here every single morning, please God, please God, please God, uh, with uh, information and um and inspiration that I hope will uh, enhance this uh, second half of the month of Adar and uh, the month of Nisan and the holiday of Pesach during these very, very unusual times. Very, very unusual times. JM in the AM at a quarter before 7 o'clock. We have an interesting lineup today, a little mix of everything. Uh, Let me get to uh, what we've planned uh, first of all, Elliot Weiselberg is going to join us. I figured even though there's really no Yeshiva League sports update because there's no Yeshiva League right now, <laughs> uh, we should at least get his thoughts about all of this and find out what he knows about the way things have been, so to speak, wrapped up till now in the Yeshiva League. So we'll speak with him uh, at about 7.15. Aviva Greenberg, she one of the only things that's still around that is guaranteed is Firas Omer. <laughs> And her her Sfiras Omer pillowcase was a uh, big hit last year. We'll talk about it this time around. Yeah, that could be a good family project. Uh, Josh Berkowitz, our good friend up at Edenwalk in New Rochelle, can only imagine what's been happening up there the last three weeks. We'll speak with him about life uh, in the kosher food business up in New Rochelle. And Charlie Harari is scheduled to join us at 830. I'll turn to him for his thoughts during these very interesting times. Uh, coming up here at the JM and the AM. So um, plenty to do, plenty to talk about, lots of guests. I want to thank uh, I want to thank Rabbi Goldwasser who was on live with me yesterday. Um, we felt it was appropriate to do that segment uh, yesterday morning because it was really the first morning that we were together that uh, people were not in shul. A lot of people were still in shul Friday. Uh, Shabbos, of course, was like they that that sort of 
balancing act. A lot of schools were not quite sure what to do. Some did close beforehand, some did not. And obviously more have closed since then. And, um, and kudos. And I know it's so difficult. It's so difficult for our leaders, our community leaders and rabbinic leaders to, to make moves like that. But our, you know, the doctors keep saying that, that if, if you really do believe that we must do our hishtadlus, if you really do believe that we have to, you know, be proactive in our lives in general, right? We would never, ever just, you know, take a situation and say it's in the hands of God and do nothing, right? Someone says how to make a living. Well, it's in the hands of God. Well, not really. You got to, you know, you got to do what you need to do. So in this case as well, you know, we can't just leave it up to God. We have to do what needs to be done in order to uh, to show God we want this cleared up. And if it means closing our synagogue, sadly, it seems that, um, you know, that that's that's what needs to be done. So again, is I, I can only imagine the agony with which um, so many rabbis had to make that decision. But kol akavod for, you know, for insisting that you do what is ultimately best for our community. And I hope we don't learn, God forbid, that we should learn a lesson from those segments of the community that have not followed the guidelines about how important it was that they would. Let's hope everyone gets through this and gets through this and as, uh, and as, um, as healthy and as easy a way as possible. 12 minutes before 7 o'clock, it's JM and the AM. I welcome all of you from around the world. If you want to uh, comment on the app, go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. More coming up at JM and the AM.
מביט ושומר, ומקשיב גם אם אף אחד לא שומע, תמיד הוא מסתתר, בפלא ביופי של הטבע. וגם כשנראה שהכל פה טירוף, שהעולם גדול עליי קצת, זה לא משנה, אין לאן לרוץ, זה הזמן לפרוס כנפיים. תן לי לשמוח בחלקי, כי יש לי את כל מה שרציתי. תן פשטות ואהבה לחיות באמונה, לשיר ביום ובלילה. יחד הגענו עד לפה בלי פחד, נשאיר לך ביקור. רק תן פשטות ואהבה לחיות באמונה, לחיות באמת. אין פינה שאין בה איזה קסם, ואם עלה נופל, זה להגן על נמלה בגשם. וגם כשנדמה שכלום כבר לא פשוט, שהעולם גדול עליי קצת, זה לא משנה, אין למה לרוץ, זה הזמן לפרוס כנפיים. לשמוח בחלקי, כי יש לי את כל מה שרציתי. תן פשטות ואהבה לחיות באמונה, לשיר ביום ובלילה. יחד הגענו עד לפה בלי בחלקי, כי יש לי את כל מה שרציתי, תן פשטות ואהבה לחיות באמונה. לשיר ביום J.M. and the A.M. Tenley, done by uh, Benny Friedman here. Uh, Tuesday morning broadcast, J.M. and the A.M. Good morning, everyone. 43 degrees, morning rain, and a high of 56. Before the Benny Friedman selection, you heard the Weinrib brothers. Uh, that was uh, Hine, Kel Yeshua C. Shalshelis had Hine Matov before that. J.M. and the A.M. Tuesday, uh, we'll, we'll talk sports with Elliot Weiselberg coming up. We've got the Yeshiva League sports update. Not much of an update, but you know what I mean. We'll discuss what's happening. Uh, our friends at Artscroll have the brand new book, an incredible book by Pesach Krohn, which is so perfect for your Pesach Seder, also perfect for a Pesach gift. 
at the Magid Seder. That's the name of it, at the Magid Seder. Right now, with promo code RADIO, enjoy a 15% discount. With promo code RADIO, enjoy a 15% discount. Go to artscroll.com. Again, go to artscroll.com. Promo code RADIO, 15% discount. And um, and enjoy it. It really is an amazing book. On, uh, on I don't know if it was Shabbos or Sunday, I was reading the uh, I was reading inside Rabbi Krohn's book what he had said to us about Chad Gadya. Unbelievable. I mean, he had said it on the air, and it's it was very effective. But uh, reading it, every stage of it is really it's it's really something. Uh, so enjoy it. It's um, at the Magid Seder, fifteen percent off. If you use the promo code radio when you go to artscroll.com, go to artscroll.com and enjoy. Uh, remember, you could sponsor part or all of a JM and the AM broadcast. In fact, uh, now when it's uh, more difficult to be in shul for, to commemorate someone's yard site, etc., remember that our Divrei Torah from Rabbi Yudin and Rabbi Goldwasser uh, you could sponsor in memory of somebody. Go to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. The details are there under sponsorship opportunities. Again, go to sponsorship opportunities, fjbunity.org, and you could um, uh, see there all the opportunities to sponsor something in memory of somebody, in honor of somebody, whatever the occasion might be. And we welcome your your sponsorship, your participation, and helping to keep us going here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Um, basically a full day here on the network. I think that uh, that's safe to say, right? Uh, basically our regular full schedule, dominated by great music. I am assuming, although I don't have confirmation, but knowing him, uh, I am assuming Avrami is going to be doing a live lunch from the uh, city of Beit Shemesh from 11 until 1 Eastern time, which right now, because of the six-hour time difference, is um, is uh, 5 until 7 p.m. in Israel. So I'm assuming that's going to be happening uh, coming up here at, uh, at JM in the AM. I'm pausing because... We seem to be having trouble with our news from Israel, which we which is baffling us. Can't figure out why. Why we're having such problems um, uh, connecting to our news from Israel. Somewhat disturbing, and I apologize that we will not have our news at the top of the hour. But we will certainly try to figure it out. Six new coronavirus patients in Israel as the number there jumps to over 300. Um, a couple suspected of having coronavirus refused to stay in an enclosed health clinic room, and that forced the staff in Israel to uh, call the police, which is uh, unbelievable. Terminal 1 is closing down in uh, Israel's Ben-Gurion Airport. I assume it's just not needed at this point. And I'm assuming that that's the uh, reason. Yom HaZikaron, which is after Pesach, is being planned without audiences. Memorial Day ceremonies in Israel are planned to take place without audiences. As uh, they start to think ahead the same way we were just talking about thinking ahead toward the holiday of Pesach and beyond here 
in this part of the world. And in terms of the headlines from the United States, there are supposed to be elections today because today is yet another Tuesday where there are primaries. I believe the elections will only be taking place in three states because I think Ohio has opted out for today, at least for the in-person elections. In the United States, the coronavirus cases is now over 4,400 as that number unfortunately continues to increase. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, round the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Sometimes one can't help but wonder Will it ever truly be? Some people keep on saying All is illusion and lies Why is it so hard to believe There are better days to see Though it seems like the world is tumbling
مواد خواهی بگیرم تیم یا ایرو اخشانیم کن ماینی آیس بشم نواد
J.M. and the A.M. at Sandy Shmueli. Before that, uh, before that, Ellie Marcus here at uh, J.M. and the A.M. Uh, that was um, that was Shayi Bunna and Isaac Beton opened up the uh, set and the hour with "Here Comes a Time." Uh, the name of that album is Generation Redemption. A lot of people thinking about redemption these days, that's for sure. <laughs> what are these days and uh, everything we're going through leading to? That is something that uh, people are thinking about and considering, to say the least, uh, during these crazy times. Well, it's unusual. I mean, you know, obviously it happens when, uh, you know, the, there's the yeshiva break or, um, you know, if we... Uh, if we decide to postpone it for a day till Wednesday, but it's unusual between October and um, and June not to have a Yeshiva League sports update Tuesday mornings at this time. And it's really the first week that um, <laughs> the Yeshiva League sports update has been has been scrapped due to suspended seasons. I can't remember this ever happening before, frankly. Elliot will tell me in a minute if I'm right or wrong. Uh, but I felt we have to at least ask Elliot to come on, not just to, to thank him and, and obviously let everyone know that he'll be on top of everything if things restart, obviously. Uh, but also he could speak to what the players and coaches and parents and and schools are going through just psychologically having to, uh, you know, in many cases, give up on really promising seasons. Elliot Weiselberg, who is our uh, sports editor and takes care of the Yeshiva League Sports Update every single Tuesday, welcome back to JM in the AM. Uh, thank you, Nachum. I appreciate it. And I have to thank you because uh, you, we don't always keep the same hours. So thank you for joining me this early. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't. always. keep this. It's generally not. Uh, I'm generally not. Uh, not um, putting myself out there after 3 a.m. the night, the, the day of a uh, of a sports update. Yeah, the, uh, the not keeping the same hours is an understatement. Elliot, first of all, officially. Uh, I mean, I, I I might be overstating the obvious, but you know, let, let's hear it from the guy who knows. Officially, I'm assuming every yeshiva league in every sport is now officially suspended. Would that be the way to put it? Yeah, um, the last game to have been played was, I believe, as of March 5th, and since that point, the the, the yeshiva league has sort of been updating coaches and uh, athletic directors alike that. Games are being postponed indefinitely, and as of yesterday, the latest word is that all games are going to be postponed through Pesach. Right. Uh, so obviously we'll hear nothing before uh, the end of Pesach. Um, I-, I don't know if your notes are in front of you. I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, but are, are you prepared to tell us how many teams are left in each one of the basketball and hockey leagues, or is that something you don't have in front of you? Oh, I absolutely have that in front of me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, ye of little faith! <laughs> no, so, I just wanted to so, give you—I wanted to give you an out just in case. That's all. <laughs> oh no! Please, please. This is this is something that uh, has been obviously very prevalent for the last couple of weeks. Right. And in most cases, we're up to championships. Wow. I mean, the girls' leagues were all up to the championships. We actually had one that actually did play their championships. The girls' B uh, varsity had their championship. That is the only varsity championship to have, or varsity or JV championship to have been played. The girls' championships were slated for early that Sunday, um, was March 8th. Uh, they were, they were already set. The boys' championships 
in basketball uh, for JV and varsity. They were actually the only ones that weren't set because each of them still had a semifinal to be played. Boys hockey, completely ready for their championships, which was supposed to be this past Sunday. So everybody has two teams left, except, as you just described, the, the, the basketball situation, the boys' basketball Correct. situation. Correct. Can you run through those teams for us in terms of who remains and who would be in the eventual championship game? Sure. So let's let's go down for the hockey end, because that one is already said. Okay. Varsity hockey... Which, had, which was by far, let me just preface this by saying this was by far one of the craziest varsity playoffs before everything sort of came to a grinding halt because we had for the first time, I believe, in Yeshiva League history, underdogs winning in mass. In varsity hockey, we had a West fifth seed under the new format where we have the playing games, the four or five. It has never happened before that the lowest seed in a conference, has made the championship. And West 5 Ramaz managed to make their way through everybody and get there, and they were slated to face the East champion DRS. Nice. In the JV championship, it would have been two Western teams, uh, TABC and SAR. SAR, the division champion, TABC, the West 2 seed, knocking off everybody all the way on up. That was hockey, right? That was hockey. That's hockey. Okay. Basketball. If we're going, if we're gonna, if we're gonna recap every team that's already there, the girls' championships. Another, another West, uh, another West matchup. SAR and Maya Note would have been the girls' varsity A championships. The girls' JV A championships, championships would have been SAR and Frisch. So a lot of West going on here. Then you get to the boys, and this is sort of where, as I said, we came to a little bit of a standstill. Boys' JV. Uh, DRS made it to the championship and then was then awaiting the semifinals between TABC and SAR, which obviously couldn't be played. And then when you get to the varsity level, you had uh, TABC making the championship, defeating DRS, and then you had a matchup between SAR and Shari Torah. Um, the ironic part, both of these games were a contest between the three and four seeds in each division. Hmm. I don't know if that's ever happened before. And right now, we're sort of stuck with, as I said, a three-seed TABC already making the championship. And then you have SAR and Chari Torah, who haven't played their semifinal yet. And so we're sort of stuck with three teams in basketball for JV and varsity. Right, understood. All right, that's the uh, update regarding hockey and basketball. Now, Elliot, um, we know all the different major themes that, that we are discussing here and all these other places, you know, in, in public forum, um, you know, these days, and has to do with homeschooling, has to do with what do you do with the kids through sometimes, you know, the boredom, uh, how do you handle Shabbos when no one's in shul? It's, I mean, there's a million issues, obviously. Pesach coming up, but you can address one issue that we really haven't discussed. I think the only two people right now who could discuss this firsthand would be yourself as a representative of the Yeshiva League, and uh, the YU basketball team. How does a group of uh, young people, men, women, a group of young people, some of whom, as you described, have tremendous promise uh, in an unusual year for them, because some of them are third, fourth, and fifth seeds, as you described. Uh, how does a team that has worked so hard to get to the top, in some cases to be at the top and stay there, how do they handle this disappointment of possibly this season being completely over and going into the annals of history as incomplete uh, well, I, I can speak to that firsthand, actually, as a, as a coach in some of the spring leagues that are now being put on indefinite hiatus. As a, as a coach in 
in one of the leagues that's coming up with um, with a team that really fits under that category of potentially promising season, it, it, it can be it's devastating because you've gotten there. If you were a Ramaz team, if you're a Yeshiva University team, if you were a three and a four team that managed to work your way through teams that were favorites, and you have your opportunity, you have your chance. It's like in when we talk about the NCAA, when we talk about Division One and all the March Madness that ensues with that that one shining moment, it's it's there for you, and then it's not. A lot of uh, a lot of people who aren't familiar with sports may not understand the depth of what you're saying. Well, so let, let's let's put it this way: when you've worked your way to the top after not being considered one of the top, and there are very few there are very few obstacles between you and the ultimate goal that 16 other teams or 18 or however many in your, in your league are fighting for. You weren't considered to be there from the very beginning. That opportunity doesn't come around very often, especially not in our leagues where the favorites have really been prevalent over the last few years. So and by, it's very much not typical. And by the way, and we're, not, and, we're not, everybody had. and we're not minimizing the, uh, the, the, the same type of feeling that the favorites have. I mean, they, they also oh, have worked. Absolutely not. Right. They've worked so hard to maintain where they've been all season, and, uh, and then they have this terrible disappointment. And it really is across the board. I'm sure the players, you've spoken to many of them. I'm sure the coaches, I'm sure you've spoken to many of them. Uh, even to an extent, the the staff of the school, the parents, you know, every everybody's just down about it. it. It certainly doesn't help the overall situation that you have this whole, uh, you know, yeshiva league situation. Again, it's sports, and we 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 get it. We get that it's you know mm-hmm. not, not life and death, and that you Correct. can you can cancel major leagues when necessary for the safety of the country. We get all of that. But oh, I, I firmly believe that this is this is the correct call. There's no there's right. no doubt in my mind that we would be out of our minds to continue playing at this point. Right. Um, even without fans, you mean? Meaning even if people, even, I, even if people thought look, they were taking are, precautions. There are two things that are, that, are, that are impacting our leagues right now, one of which obviously is the school closings. Uh, you know, having, if schools are closed right. for academics, athletics is absolutely out of the question as well. But it's also the CDC recommendation of not having uh, 50 or more people in a certain place for the next eight weeks, right? It's, plus, it's just plus unconscionable. With, plus, with what the major leagues have done, it's obvious that they wouldn't allow you know sports or there's uh, you know basically hand to hand contact, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, all these yeah. things are you know can be completely restricted. Um, all right, so now, uh, <laughs> so now the question is, what's Elliot Weiselberg going to do for us next week? Is there anything anything other than than uh, we reminding everybody that when <laughs> Yeshiva League sports starts up again, we'll be there to report on it. I, I made a joke to my wife in the car the other day that it's just this is the first time where I think I'm going to say, "Hey, I'm Elliot Weiselberg. No, no news this week. See you next week." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, have you thought of the hockey tournament in your father's memory that goes on every year? I actually have been putting a great amount of thought to that, only because this was about the time when when everything really ramps up. What, you know, what, every, it's, the it, it, have their champion. We should have had their champions almost at this point. Right, and we, you know, it's it's just it's tough to think about the, to think about it. But it's very it's a very real scenario that the tournament doesn't happen this year. It's usually May or June. Correct. It's u- oh, it's, it's usually like Father's Day, right? If I'm not mistaken, a couple of years um, it was Father's no, Day. It, well, we had it on Father's Day a few times, right. but. Um, the the date that we were looking at this year was it was May seventeenth. Right. The the irony is that that's just outside the window 
of the CDC eight-week mark. The problem is that you get to that point, you know, you get to the end of that eight-week window and you say to yourself, is this, is this something we can still do? And then, this, and then a recommendation comes out that you don't do it and all of a sudden everything's scrapped. And, you know, it, it, it's just a little harder once you've started preparing for something to be yeah. able to say, okay, Let's not do this. Plus, so we're, we're, we're just taking everybody's cue at this point. Yeah. Plus, on top of that, you know, God knows, after all these weeks of you know of of community distancing um, takes place, God knows how long it's going to take the community to, to get back to normal and to go to events and support events like uh, you know the ones that right. people like. How do I assuage right? people's fears that right. that the event is going to be a hundred percent? safe for everybody to be at if even if it's just outside that window it it doesn't i i don't know what fail safe i can put in nobody knows because this is a really novel ironically novel experience i I, the last time that that we all as a nation went through this none of us were really alive for yeah uh no question a lot of unknown and we'll have to see what happens by the way the only example of suspension or canceled games that you recall in the league, I would guess, was Blizzards, right? That would be the only one you would, you would, or maybe 9-11 as well. But 9-11 was early in the season, so probably not. But would, would well, it be- I actually happened to be, I actually happened to be in high school through 9-11. That was, yeah, as you're saying, it was much too early right. for that to have impacted the season. So season would would Blizzards be the the prime example that that you remember in terms of games having to be rescheduled and stuff? Yeah, that that's pretty much I would say it. I, I think weather has really, really been the only situation that we've done this for. I I'm not even sure uh, bu- uh, building closings for any reason, right. uh, you know, maintenance related. That's really, really it. The only other thing I can think of is that you know Sandy was late October. I assume some of those games were postponed till November. Uh, when the only thing that really, the only issue that that really caused was certain schools had to right. play in other buildings. Right. I remember during in the league that I the league that I used to coach in junior high, Halb was extremely impacted by it and was forced to move into DRS's building for a couple of games that year. But uh, there really wasn't much else. By the time we gotten around to to uh, late October, everybody was sort of back up and running. All right, Elliot, I thank you. Uh, again, not that it's the biggest deal, but people should realize that for some in our community, and specifically the kids who were involved in uh, getting to the championship and, and winning the championship, uh, you know, they, they, they have a, a small, small, small added burden throughout this entire period of time. And thank you so much, Elliot. And look, we'll be in touch, and we'll let the audience know when there's news to report. Absolutely. Look, the first priority right now across the board is just being safe and being vigilant and you know, sports will be there when we get back. That's true. They keep they keep reassuring us that. By the way, Elliot, personal note, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not completely against this idea that the, some of the sports networks are replaying some great games of the past. You know, if you sit, I've there, been if you, watching a few of them. Yeah, and, uh, if you sit, yeah, I've, been, I've been reveling in some of these sports of my youth and some you, of the results from back then. Were you watching Rangers Islanders the other night? <laughs> uh, no, I was not. There's so much to choose from now, but I did happen to take a look at uh, Yankees Mets two from 2000 this past Sunday when I was just wandering through no football, no baseball, no hockey, no basketball Sunday. Uh, it's, uh, it's funny. Those of us who are really into sports, people don't understand what kind of what kind of drought this is, frankly. But all right, we'll we'll all make right, we'll depressing. make we'll, we'll, we'll make it through. That's for sure. 
Elliot, mm-hmm. Elliot, thank you. Stay healthy. Best to your entire family. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954. Available at Better Kosher Supermarkets Nationwide. Try A&H today. My thanks to Elliot Weiselberg, Yeshiva League Sports Update. Yeah, everything's suspended, as of course you knew, and all of us knew, but I figured it's a good idea, first of all, to thank Elliot for yet another amazing season of the Yeshiva League Sports Update, but I didn't give him his official thank you yet this morning, so I'm hoping that between now and the end of June, we will have a couple of more games to report on and a couple of things to update people with uh, regarding the Yeshiva League. We'll see what happens. It's March 17th. Three weeks from tomorrow night is the Pesach Seder. Let's uh, get through these days first, and then, uh, please God, uh, hopefully um, uh, as soon as possible, life will get back to normal. We certainly hope so. Um, I believe everybody Goldwasser is going to join us. Maybe a drop behind schedule, so... Uh, we will do this and be back with more coming up here at JM in the AM as uh, we continue with Yussi Green at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Tuesday. Yossi Green and Hesse Hadas. Remember, you could uh, sponsor all or part of a J.M. and the A.M. broadcast, including or by Goldwasser and or by Yudin's Divrei Torah. If you want to do that for someone's yard site, a memory of somebody, in honor of somebody, whatever the case may be, go to fjbunity.org for details. You'll see sponsorship opportunities. fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And we thank you. I believe this is a repeat of a recent morning chizuk, but I would rather uh, not go through the morning without uh, words from Rabbi Goldwasser, so we will, in fact, play it for you. Uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebin, Be'osev Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar, Be'osev Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. We learn in this week's parsha, V'atod Daber B'nai Yisrael, speak to B'nai Yisrael Lamor, saying, Ach es Shabsosai Tishmoiru, you should keep my Shabbos, ki because it is a sign between me and between you, for generations, to know that I am Hashem who makes you holy. The Gemara tells us in Mesecha Shabbos, whoever delights in the Shabbos, Whoever has Onik Shabbos, Hashem gives him a boundless portion. The Gemara continues that the reward for taking pleasure in Shabbos is specifically the Nachla of Yaakov, not of Avraham and not of Yitzchak, but of Yaakov. As we learn, it says in Breshis, There is no boundaries for Yaakov's portion. The Zerashimshan asked the question, how can we understand this Gemara? How is it possible for a person to have an inheritance without any limits, without any boundaries? Even if you give the individual the entire world, there is still a gvul, there's a boundary. And if many will delight in the Shabbos, how can they all get this without limit? If we're talking about Olam Haba, then the Zerashimshan asks, what's the Chiddush? It's Belimitzarim. All of the desires of Olam Haba that one gets, all the things that we are going to enjoy in the future, are believed sure or believed kitzvah, without any measurement. Rabbeinu explains that the Midasachesed, that the great loving kindness of Hashem, is that Hashem wills it that there should be so much benefit to the creation that it's limitless. However, the Midas Adin, the divine attribute of strict justice, doesn't want that chesed of Hashem, that it should prevail. The only way to prevent that is chas for there to be a kitrig, a force that tries to dispute our deserving all of those brachos. But when a person's inclined towards ruchnius, towards spirituality, for the benefit of their neshama, then there is no kitrig, 
that has any power whatsoever. When Shabbos comes along, all of these klipos are hidden. All the bad things are covered up. The Zayar says, Mizmor Shirliyoma Shabbos, on the day when the mazikin, anything that could cause a person harm, is out of the world. That's why it says, Kol Meshaber, whoever is not only guarding the Shabbos, but rather a person that is Ma'anegas a Shabbos, that takes delight. Because the Iker Kavana is the main idea that a person shows that he wants to enjoy the Shabbos. Even though Oneg usually has the connotation that a person does something that gives him pleasure, but since if this is done, covered Shabbos, so in such a case, it only helps that the world is protected, especially at this time. This special observance of Shabbos, and even to bring in Shabbos a few minutes early, gives us a nachla bimli mitzarim, an inheritance without boundaries. It protects us and protects the world. May we all be ma'aneges Shabbos. May we take great delight in Shabbos, and may the Shabbos protect us all. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Bore 
the name of the selection from Joey Newcomb here at JMDM. Tuesday morning on the 17th of March and 21st of Adar. Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in. Hello to everybody around the world who's tuned into JM in the AM. It's a time when we uh, need a uh, strong sense of community, and I'm glad that this radio program is uh, providing it for so many. Uh, feel free to comment on our app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Feel free to do that and certainly be in touch by email. Uh, Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at Nahum Siegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L dot com. Uh, the rabbi says, I was out walking uh, before the Nate Shachris Biachidus here in Atlanta. A downer to be sure, but it's saving lives. It's the right thing to do on all fronts. Chazak v'yamatz. Kolak This listener says, remember Y2K? We uh, thankfully uh, survived that unknown moment. We'll get through this too. Thank you for JMM for giving our mornings a head start. Thank you for that. And our friends at A1R1, Nachum Yashikocha, hi, your calm voice is reassuring to thousands. If you could talk for 24 hours a day, it would be, it would be welcome. Chazak <laughs> can keep up the holy work. We need all the help that we can get. Thank you for that. Uh, Tuesday morning broadcast, JM and the AM, plenty more coming up. Keep it right here, everybody, at the Nachum Siegel Network. Let 
בחפצו כה. אזי מלך שמו נקרא, אזי מלך שמו נקרא, ואחרי ככלות הכל. J.M. in the A.M. Nishai Rebo. Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. There he is, Yishai Rebo, Tuesday morning, 43 degrees, morning rain and a high temperature of 56. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for listening in from around the world. As we continue to uh, to give you a balance of the uh, news and uh, spirit of the day, and at the same time uh, be as inspiring as possible. That's what we're trying to do. Hey, you know, Pesach's coming up, and you know what that means? It means that Sfira Saomer begins, uh, let's see, three weeks from Thursday night. Three weeks from uh, this Thursday night, Sfira Saomer begins. Thank God for Aviva Greenberg. Without her, we wouldn't be able to keep track of Sfira Saomer. I mean, have you ever seen anything like a Sfira Saomer calendar or a Sfira Saomer uh, sign or anything like that? We need some of those. <laughs> what she did was she took the Sfira Saomer keep track of a concept and to put it on something unique. And the last year we had a chance to introduce it to this audience, and now we can remind everybody that it's a great project, a great pre-Pesach project to have in the house. I would guess, I'll ask her in a minute, and certainly a great project for Sfira Saomer. Uh, Aviva Greenberg, the uh, Sfira Saomer pillowcase lady. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. <laughs> I'm right, by the way. Because, uh, you know, the Omer starts on Yuntif. It actually can be a pre-Yuntif uh, project in the house, starting to... Oh, sure. Yeah. It comes with a marker, and you could use your own and color it for the next 23 days until the Omer starts. What was the Omer pillowcase reaction last year? Oh, it was amazing. We sold out. Oh, ordered nice. more this year, and I plan on selling out again. Uh, the Omer pillowcase, I think we could say it's a relatively simple concept. How would you describe it? Yeah, it's the, the this year's calendar, and um, there are boxes. It comes with a marker. You check it off before you go to sleep every night, <laughs> and um, it's 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 a sure thing. I mean, you a know, a, a lot yeah, of pillowcase you could count on. It's a pillowcase you can count on. Very good. You know, uh, one of the things we've been emphasizing uh, through this whole uh, you know coronavirus thing is that one of the difficulties. For our community is that we are addicted to certain amazing practices, obviously going to shul every day, things like that, which we should be very proud of, you know, especially those who uh, who are in shul and shiurim every day, et cetera. And, and now that we can't, can't do that, thank God we're all, you know, depressed about it, which is, which is wonderful that we're depressed about it, obviously, and we've gained an appreciation for it. One of the things, Aviva, and I'm sure this is why you've been so successful, that our community is obsessed with is not missing a day of the counting of the Omer. And I joked earlier about, you know, we need signs and stuff. We've got signs and papers and refrigerator magnets and everything else to remind us. And this is literally the last thing one will see before they hit the pillow Correct. at night. So th this is an oh, an oh, you, you're almost giving an Omer guarantee that you will. That's true. <laughs> I should say that on the package. That's right. You know, you know Nachum, uh, last year I, um, I put one of the pillowcases on my challahs on Friday night, so oh that even Friday night, when the men came home from shul, we were guaranteed to see it when we made hamotzi. That is hilarious. So those who are home will remember to count the Omer. And also, there are certain shuls that at that time of year already uh, daven Friday night early, and people have to remember later Friday Correct. night to count the Omer. Right. So that, that's another right. great service. All right, let me give out the information. Those of you who want to check it out, um, it's very simple. You can email Aviva Omer Pillowcase 
at gmail.com. OmerPillowcase at gmail.com. There's also a phone number you can call to actually place an order, which is 419-777-OMER. Again, that's 419-777-OMER. And uh, how do people find you on Instagram, Aviva? Uh, Omer pillowcase. Simple as, my, uh, and you and, yeah. and you and you have a photo there, obviously, of of the actual pillowcase. Yes, yes. They could also buy it in stores. Where do they go to actually purchase the Omer pillowcase? Um, well, we have it in Judaica House in Teaneck, Eichlers of Borough Park, Eichlers of Flatbush, Judaica Plus in Cedarhurst, Gourmet Glad in Cedarhurst, Gourmet Glad in Woodmere. Judaica of Great Neck, and Magenta Boutique in Chicago. It must be a great feeling, because I don't think you had it in any stores last year. Uh, I had it around Cedarhurst last year, but this year we branched out a little bit, and next year I hope to be even uh, you know more extensive with my uh, pillowcase distribution. And for people wondering about the, uh, the need for one each year, you literally make sure, at least it sounds this way, I haven't seen it, you make sure to include the day of the week and the actual day of the yes. month for that specific year. So every year you have yes. a different pillowcase. Yes, and they're, they're at a reasonable price. They're $10 each. Wow. So, you know, uh, it's not a gigantic investment, but it's an investment into the Omer. So, <laughs> no, they'll... They'll make it till the end. They should put it on the uh, on the um, pillow of the leader of the Seder on the second night of... Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I tell people to do. So this way they don't even miss the first night. Right. Because again, you know? because again, people might, you know, in, in all seriousness, people could miss the first night, especially if, yeah, sure. if, if, the, if the men have already... tired, that right. might fall asleep before then, for sure. You know what's going to happen? People are going to start taking these, and after every shavuos, they're going to frame them. And you'll walk into a house years from now, you'll see you know, t- <laughs> 10 beautiful pillowcases on someone's wall. Right. right. <laughs> Happy with the accomplishment. And another thing I think you pointed out last year, um, Omer is a family activity. Omer is something that people are constantly reminding each other. WhatsApp groups, I'm sure, are so active now during the Omer in terms of family members reminding each other. So here's another opportunity for everybody to just... Uh, you know, to hop Definitely. on and make sure that everybody in the family remembers the count. So, Definitely. look, I can't be a bigger fan. It's Aviva Greenberg. It's the Omer Pillowcase. Go to Instagram, Omer Pillowcase. You can email her for 10 bucks. You can have one in your home. It's omerpillowcase at gmail.com. Omerpillowcase at gmail.com. It's a great gift item, obviously. Uh, I'm assuming you'd ship it wherever people want, right? If they want to send it as a gift, you'd ship it anywhere, right? Sure, sure. Phone, definitely. phone number for information. You can speak to Aviva just like I am. 419-777-OMER. 419-777-OMER. And you heard earlier that it's available in the seven stores in the tri-state area and one in Chicago, Illinois. Aviva, I take this opportunity to wish you a uh, a wonderful Pesach and a, a successful Sfirasa Omer. Thank you. You too, Nachum. A pleasure. Two minutes before 8 o'clock. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Pitachta 
הפכת מספדי למחול לי, פיתחת שקי ואיך תעזרני שמחה, הפכת מספדי למחול לי, פיתחת שקי ותעזרני שמחה, הפכת מספדי למחול לי, פיתחת שקי ותעזרני שמחה. פיתחת שקי ותעזרני שמחה 
JM in the AM, it's a Hafachta done by Yitzchak Fuchs, Tuesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Well, it's no secret, and it's uh, it's been described um, it's been described this way nationally, and that is that, um, where are we? Oh, there we are. I'm trying to think where that, where that music's coming from. Um, uh, New Rochelle, New York, obviously has had its challenges uh, since the beginning of the whole coronavirus thing here in the United States. And, of course, our uh, best regards and our thoughts are have always been with and continue to be with her, I think, and the entire community up in New Rochelle. Uh, we've been trying to stay in touch with uh, friends of ours up there as much as possible. It's been a difficult couple of weeks. Our good friend Josh Berkowitz is the um, proprietor at Eden Walk. He has um, a delicious and wonderful restaurant, Eden Walk, at 1327 North Avenue, one of the main drags in uh, New Rochelle. And uh, he and his staff have an open store. Uh, they are taking uh, takeout and delivery orders. Um, they've had a, uh, an interesting few weeks to say the least. And he's with us live via telephone. Josh Berkowitz, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nathan. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Let's go through the, the, let's go through what's going on right now, just specifically with Eden walk. And then we'll go to the more general questions about what the last few weeks have been like uh, at the present time. Is it, I, I assume you are following the regulations of, uh, of others in the area and you are strictly a delivery and takeout restaurant. Would that be the way of putting it? That is correct. As of effective uh, 8 o'clock last night, the governor said that we are no longer allowed to provide dining service till the state lifts the ban. And some people may be surprised knowing how New Rochelle has been described with the containment zone, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You are allowed to be open and operate, correct? That is 100% correct. There is no barrier that is preventing customers from coming in from, you know, from us doing deliveries. We're free to come and go as we'd like. So in theory, somebody who you know works anywhere, not just New Rochelle, but is, is somewhere, and they wanted to drive up to you, place a takeout order, pick it up, and leave, they could do that. That is correct. I'm also doing curbside delivery. Right. They just so if you feel like you don't want to get out of your car, call me. Let me know you're outside. I'll bring it right out to you with a smile. All right. And Eden Walk has quite an extensive menu, everybody, and really delicious food. You've been up there how many years already? Uh, we've been open since uh, '99. Wow! So over 20 years. So we're talking about a well-established establishment. Everyone. I mean, we're talking about one of the really, really important features of the Westchester community, Eden Walk on North Avenue in New Rochelle. Some might be surprised, Josh, that you can go to work, but we should make it clear you don't live in New Rochelle, right? That is correct. I do not. So that's uh, you know obviously uh, anybody who is in, we know the whole story at this point. If people were at the Young Israel for the different occasions, et cetera, et cetera, we know how that how that worked. Now, should we assume that there's been an inordinate number of deliveries to different homes that have been left on doorsteps because of so many people being in isolation and quarantined? Or generally, you would say, based on your experience, that's not the direction people are going in over the last couple of weeks? So I've coined the phrase drop and dash, <laughs> where we, we give people a time frame you know, usually about 45 minutes to an hour. They're usually looking out their window, and, you know, we leave by the front door. Listen, they're, I'm concerned for their safety. Unfortunately, they are, you know, quarantined right now. A lot of uh, people did get out, and they're concerned for my safety. They don't want me to get sick. They want me to stay healthy. They want all my staff to stay healthy. 
Is it obvious to you that a lot of people are finished with quarantine already just in terms of who's around, or it's not so obvious? Is it obvious? That's a great question. I do see a little more foot traffic. Um, I do. There are definitely a lot more pickups now than there were last week. Can your business survive like this? I can imagine, and believe me, I've been there a million times proudly because your restaurant's amazing. I can imagine that you know you would love to have full dining rooms for one, two, three shifts every day and night. Uh, can things survive this way? It's getting tougher and tougher every day, Nahum. Something that we should keep in mind, everyone. If you're anywhere near New Rochelle at any point, uh, keep in mind Edenwalk. They're there for 21 years in a really important part of the Westchester community, and they are at 1327 North Avenue in New Rochelle. Phone number at 914-637-9363, 914-637-9363. You could also go to the uh, website, Edenwalk, W-O-K, EdenwalkNR.com. EdenWalkNR.com. Josh Berkowitz on our phone. Was it unusual for you not to have a big Monday night buffet last evening? Uh, yes, very strange. We did buffet to go. Um, there was, you know, a lot of uh, phone calls, a lot of pickups, but to not have the buffet in the front window was uh, very strange. And very, very strange. And for and for the, the buffet to go. So literally you leave it up to your staff to figure out what to send or, or you just took the order no, over? We, we put it out online. Tell, this is the menu. Tell us what you want to fill the container with and we will do it for you. Very cool. Well, smart. I guess it's the only way to, uh, to continue to do business and make sure to service the customers these days. Um, I, I, I don't know, uh, and it must be difficult, frankly, because no one's around. So I don't know if you even know what the future brings for the community over the next week or so, but is there, I, I assume no one's even talking about Schul's reopening, nobody's even talking about, you know, this thing taking a positive turn at this point? So I did speak to, I believe he's the president of uh, the younger Joe. If not, he's just a very important yid, like all of us are. And I asked him point blank, I said, when is Shul going to open? He said, the Vodhar Abundum of Westchester had a meeting last Friday, and I believe it was last Friday, and they decided that, you know, all schools are going to remain closed. I said, but for how long? He said, when they feel it's safe. Right. That when all the rabbinic from Teaneck and the Five Towns and, you know, Westchester, they all feel that it is safe to reopen, that is when they will reopen. It could be before Pesach. Right. It could be after Pesach. Nobody knows right now. It's, it's a scary time that everyone's just in limbo. A level-headed approach, to say the least, and thank God in most cases we have leadership that is uh, paying careful attention to what the uh, doctors and federal officials and local officials have to say, and at the same time are considering, obviously, our tradition, our values, and our, and the needs of the Jewish community. Josh Berkowitz with us. Uh, it's really simple, everybody. He is uh, one of the people in New Rochelle that is trying to service as many customers as possible. Uh, based on their needs and wants, and at the same time, I remind you that uh, that establishments like his are going through a more difficult times. So spread the word that uh, Eden Walk, which has been in existence for over 21 years at 1327 North Avenue in New Rochelle, uh, is really an amazing place and a fantastic place these days to get takeout or delivery. Obviously, uh, sitting in the restaurant is not an option at the moment. Uh, you could reach them by dialing 914-637-9363. You could also go to the web, EdenWalkNR.com, EdenWalkNR.com. How many, t I'm not asking for names, but how many total kosher establishments are even in New Rochelle? 
Two. That's it. You and one other. Yes. Wow. So it's even more important to keep it going and uh, support and, local. Support local is very important. Yeah, to say the least. And uh, New Rochelle's situation obviously has been unique and uh, and 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 difficult. So whatever everybody on the outside could do to help, we, we want to make sure to do so. Uh, well, Josh, Malcolm, if I could just uh, say one thing, if you don't mind, sure. I just came up. You know, today we're on the Malcolm Siegel show. Buy two regular rolls, get one free. Malcolm Siegel for the promo. Now we're talking. Now we're, people always wonder: Is there any value to the name Malcolm Siegel? And Josh, you can tell them it's worth at least a roll of sushi. Yes. <laughs> so you heard that, everybody. You just mentioned my name when you order, and I'm assuming that's either delivery or takeout, right? Correct. Or delivery. Or walk in. Or walk in. Right. Good point. Pick up. Right. Delivery, takeout, or pick up. Uh, if you go ahead and mention my name, you get uh, that deal on uh, on sushi and enjoy that uh, <laughs> courtesy of all of us here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Josh, thank you. I look forward to joining you soon at a real Monday night buffet, please, God. I look forward to that also. Josh Berkowitz up in New Rochelle at the Eden Walk. Spread the word, everybody. Support local is right. And in this case, in addition to supporting your own local, keep in mind the folks in New Rochelle who... Um, have really been through the the brunt of what's been happening here on the East Coast. Obviously, the uh, our fellow citizens out in Washington State um, have been through a very, very difficult time. But in terms of uh, uh, people who are closer to us geographically, we know what the uh, community of New Rochelle is going through. Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM and the AM as we continue. Uh, plenty more coming up. This is by request. Judy Landy in our audience has asked me to play this Avram Freed classic at JM in the AM. They say Gullus is a blessing in disguise A greater light follows the night But it's been so long, it feels so wrong It's not where we belong Brothers and friends We must bring this Gullus to its end Our urgent cries will pierce the skies Tell us Hashem at Masai deals with. Gullus, it's time for you to go. Goodbye. Bring down a curtain on your show. Goodbye. You're lasting much too long. No one can deny. Enough is enough. It's time to say goodbye. So open wide your prison. And keep 
Everything is you and you are everything But ghost lies and blinds our eyes Why can't we see your majesty undisguised In the heavens high All the angels tremble when they hear you cry For every tune
אנשים לא מאמינים בו, והחושים עוד אוחזים בו. חלום שעוד יקום ויתגשם פה, כשזה יקרה אתה תהיה חזק Dovi Shapiro with uh, Zeh Al Zeh. Before that, Ruven Garber, brand new with Aye. Good song. It was nice having him on the air. He was on the air with us like 10 days ago. If you missed that interview, you should check it out. Very interesting about the Jewish music scene in South Africa, etc. Uh, David Perlman had Imatem in that request. Uh, Avram Fried's Goodbye Gullus. A lot of people have different themes they want to dress during this time. That's one of them. That came from one of our great listeners. Tuesday morning broadcast, JM and the AM, Charlie Harari, of course, in addition to uh, being with us every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, is a uh, prolific author and lecturer, inspirational speaker involved in a million different things, uh, uh, certainly in our community, and we've asked him to join us this morning here at JM and the AM for a perspective on all that is going on, or some might say the lack of what's going on. Charlie Harari, an honor to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Nachum, it's an honor to be on. Thank you for all that you do, especially now. I appreciate that very much. Um, so, the collective Jewish world has taken a deep breath, sort of, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a little, oh, yeah. A little pause, because no matter what people are or are not doing, and obviously there are still people working, etc., we get the whole thing, uh, still it is not at the pace that we are normally used to. And a lot of the things that we've taken for granted over the years have now been uh, have now been the put in question, including uh, going to our own synagogues. You know, yesterday, Charlie, as this was obviously so much unfolded over the weekend, you and I both know of congregations that were open Shabbos, but then ended up closing either Saturday night or Sunday. So obviously, that whole situation was fluid over a period of days. Uh, I mentioned when we all got back together yesterday morning here that there is an addiction that the Jewish community now has to davening with a minion. And, and again, I think people like myself who come from older families, and I have siblings who are in their 70s, frankly, so I come from older families, you know, remember a time when it was not nearly this popular or of great concern to somebody 
to run early to a shacharis, to interrupt their day for a mincha, and to make sure to wrap up before they get ready for bed by running to a mariv. And I think it's a, it is a positive thing that it was such a difficult decision to close the shuls because I think it reaffirmed this tremendously positive addiction that we, from the simplest Jews to the most devout, have toward davening with a minion these days. Did you feel there was some of that going on when all this was going on? Oh, absolutely. I think what has happened to our community, which is so incredible and beautiful, is that we have figured out a way to become a community around shul, around God. If you think about it, like, we exist through shul. Like, when the shul shuts down, it's A, hey, this is what I do three times a day. And it's, hey, wait, where am I going to bar missing my kids? Where am I going to see my friends? Where am I going to, where am I going to... We've taken, and, and if, you, if you pull back for a second and think about all the institutions in this country, it's really beautiful that our community has taken shul, which really is God's home, so to speak. It's a migdash ma'at and made that the center, not only of what we do to Davin, but of our lives. So much so that now that it's closed, people are like, wait, how do I operate? Like, this is, I, I, what do I do next? There is no other place for us to meet and for us to thrive, but in a shul, which I think is, is a real testament, Baruch Hashem, to where we are as a community today. No question about it. And again, in prior generations, not, this is not a condemnation. It's just a fact especially in America. Uh, Older generations may say that in Israel, Palestine, then Israel, it was different, that there was always an attention by a core group to be in shul every day. But especially in Chutz La'aretz, this is a a phenomenon of of this generation that we've gotten to this level of the simple, again, the simplest of people, hardworking people who, you know, who don't have their day dominated by by Torah and uh, and our community, uh, making sure to be in shul Every single day, and you know what I what I also was thinking about. Um, you know, you talk about obviously there's a social aspect to the kiddish, and you know, and people wonder why is the kiddish so important, you know, etc. And I get that, you know, there's a lot. Unfortunately, that there could be gossip at kiddish and things like. I get the whole thing, but if you think about it, and I'm sure you go through this every week, the amount of chesed that starts at a kiddish, where someone becomes aware from somebody else about a situation that has to be taken care of, of what the shul needs, of a family that's in need, of someone who would walk over to you and just you know need a, a, a word of inspiration, or you find out that someone's ill, and then you follow up during the week to visit them or call them, etc. There's a lot of good stuff that goes on in our social atmosphere, and we have to remember that. Don't just go out there and condemn all our social groups like all we do is, you know, <laughs> is questionable things. There's a lot of really important stuff that goes on when we get together. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, one of the greatest ills that society suffers from, and I hope we don't get there here, is loneliness. We don't appreciate the impact of loneliness enough. You see it with, like, kids when you put your kids to bed. You know, like, every kid wants mom and dad to, like, lay in bed with them. Like, they'll do anything for mom and dad to lay. How come? Because they understand that when the, when the lights are out and they're younger, and when you're younger, you're usually more truthful. Like, they understand that, that, that eerie feeling of being alone. Well, adults have it, too. They're just better at covering it up. Right. And just the fact that you have a place to go, just to, and, and like by the Hasidim, they have this concept called Dibuk Chaverim, the Dvekes, the, the connection of just Chaverim, and they hold. And there's lots of Svarim that speak about this, that it's holy 
Chaverim to get together, of course to learn, but also to schmooze, to be connected, to be like one, because there's something very both psychological and also spiritual, valuable, when people feel like they belong, when people feel like they can connect, when there's a place for somebody, even if they're not sitting and davening and learning. Right. And I completely agree. The, right. the, the kiddishes, the, the schmoozing, the, I always say like one of the, I think personally, what do I know? I think one of the most sweetest times of the week is when you come out of shul, we should be zochet to that soon. You see, like, the kids and the families, and, like, nobody's learning, but I, I feel like Hashem gets so much nachas yeah. out of seeing the post-shul, you know, get-togethers. Jewish and continuity. Seeing, Jewish exactly. continuity. Yeah. Seeing the kids with the lollipops and seeing, you know, even, and you, and, and you see this is, exactly, this is our nation choosing that what they're going to be surrounding, getting dressed up for, and get dressing their kids for, is a shul. And this, we have to, and, and this is what these moments are for. I mean, these moments are for us to appreciate that which we could not otherwise appreciate. And by the way, it, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I, no. usually when I interrupt, it means I'm really enjoying the conversation, so don't be, don't be <laughs> insulted. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that, uh, you know, we have a tendency, some of us, to often look at the negative and to and to proclaim, you know, we have to correct some of the things going on in earth. And I get the whole thing. I know that, you know, not everything's perfect everywhere. But look at what some of our synagogues have become. Some of our synagogues have become shiurim, shiurim factories. It's not just going to Minyan. They have become shiurim factories where, where there are certain shuls, you're familiar with them, and not just in New York, that are just constantly open, that are, you know, nighttime kolel, and 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 daytime classes and morning, you know, obviously tefillah, but you know, programs that start after tefillah, etc. I mean, these have become real epicenters of Jewish life and productive Jewish activities. It's not all negative, everybody. You know, yesterday, Charlie, I got, and I, I need your opinion on this. Everyone knew Rabbi Glatt was coming on, and you know that Rabbi Glatt obviously is at the epicenter of all these discussions because he has an expertise both as a rabbi and as an infectious disease doctor. I'm sure you're familiar with him. And people were wondering, what's the first question I'm going to ask him? You know, like, what's the, you know, what? Yeah, I mean, look, this is the man, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, from whom other rabbis and halachic decisors got their information in order to make these decisions. You know, what are you going to ask him? And the first question I asked him was, how difficult was it to make the decision to close the shul? Because we cannot minimize how difficult it was for our leaders to do this, and at the same time, we have to laud them, laud them for making a responsible decision on behalf of our community and behalf of humankind. Yeah, it could not have been easy, and I can tell you, because I live in Woodmere, but like Glad is a, is a figure not only that matters to us and that we love him here in our local community, but of course he's nationwide. And when, you know, over, the, over Shabbos, there were different shows that opened, different shows that closed, and, and i got to tell you, one of the things that I, 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 I couldn't agree more, the, the shuls that, that stayed open that I've seen were, you know, doing social distancing and trying their hardest and saying, we may have to close tomorrow, but let's try. And the shuls that closed, they send out not one, but four emails. Right. We're so sorry. We're, we're heartbroken. Like, this was not a, okay, guys, it's been a little hard for us. Like, you know, hasta luego, see you, Rosh Hashanah. Right. This was like, we are heartbroken and, and and this is our people and and i and i really you know rabbi howard is rubbing baltimore uh the incoming uh, uh evp of the ou and i was 
down in Baltimore with him earlier this year, and I was, you know, I was at the shul, and he told me such a beautiful thing. He said to me that he was once speaking to a member of Congress, and he asked him what his most, ins- the, the congressman asked him what his most inspiring moment is, and he said this incredible thing, and this to me sums it up. He says every morning at like, must be a quarter to six, six o'clock in the morning, he starts his day in his shul, and around his table is a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, uh, a teacher, and everybody just rolls in every day, rain, sleet, or shine, yep. and they study. And we're doing yep. Dafyoma together. And he yep. says, every morning when I wake up and I see just regular, so to speak, people coming to Shul and studying, it reminds me how great our nation is. And, and this, like you're saying, it, this is exactly it. This is what we have to appreciate now. You know, when the Shuls reopen, it's going to be the greatest celebration ever. It, it is going oh, to be, sure. I mean, we will then realize how much we missed it, and like I said, if we could bottle up this feeling, this empty feeling, I think Hakadosh Baruch Hu would would, uh, and I'm sure he does appreciate the fact that there's so many people in pain uh, that they're not able to be in shul. Charlie Harari is with us live via telephone. All right, couple of things that people I'm sure have been asking you. So, do you, Charlie Harari, know any secret formula of how to deal with families that are stuck at home? Compared to what other people <laughs> compared to what other people might be doing, right? Yeah, I'm sure you're getting alcohol as one of the suggestions, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I, that's not on my list. <laughs> um, you know, I got to tell you, when I was, um, you know, when I years ago, when I was on the road a lot for work and whatnot, there was a guy in my office who was a he was involved in capital raising, so he was on the road all the time. And I had once asked him something had bothered me. He, I said to him, I said, I don't mind traveling but I mind like the traffic of traveling. You know, you're waiting on a line, then you're waiting to board, then you're waiting on the plane, then you're waiting for your Uber. Like, if you can collect those moments, it'll be, it's, it's weeks of your life gone. Right. I'll never forget, he said to me, you're trying to fight the pause. Meaning, right. you're on a line, you're looking over your shoulder. You're, you're sitting at the airplane and the plane's not going and you're like going out of your mind. Like, stop fighting it. Embrace it. You can do so much in the pauses of life. You're right. always worried about there's not enough time to pause. Download a book, and you can finish a book one trip. Take something out that you can read. Make a phone call. Don't fight pauses. You're traveling. Embrace pauses. Do you find that your children are embracing pauses? My, my, my kids are getting it. I think the, I think the, the initial euphoria of this is like one long snow day, right? Um, is slowly waning. They're not there yet. They're still at the place where they're like, wait, there's no school today again. Like they're like everyone's like crying, and they're like, there really is a Hashem in this world. I know I believe in Him now fully because look at what He's done for us. He's given us the greatest gift of humanity. We don't have school for, for the indefinite future. So it's beginning to wane, but they're still in euphoria because by us, they just my kids' schools just close over the weekend. So my kids are now appreciating. No school. But right. one of the things that I'm trying my hardest to do right now, and I'm really working myself and my family on appreciating this pause. With God's help, we'll go back. And with God's help, we'll go back to our lives. And I'm telling you, we're going to be going back to our lives sooner than we expect. And we're going to be running around all day, never breathing and going, wait a second. I had a couple of days, weeks, I hope not more than that, where I was forced to pause why was I going crazy for? Why was I always looking over my shoulder? Why was I like feeling the way like I felt in the back of like a traffic jam? Right now, God is slowing us to a pause. You have to embrace the pause. You know, it's funny. It's, I'm sorry. 
No, and that's and that's the most important thing because one of the things that we're losing here, honestly, listen, with God's help, everyone should be healthy. Most people that are sitting in their homes are not at, really at risk. We're sitting in our homes to protect those right. who are. Correct. And so it's thank God, thank God. We're not saying stay at home because if this comes into one's house, this isn't that. This is stay home because Thank God most people will be okay, but let's protect those that won't. So most people are sitting at home, and what's driving them crazy is that they need to be in control of what's going to happen, what's going to happen, and the emotional energy that they're expending trying to figure this out is going to sap them of the joy of finally being able to pause in their lives. No question about it. Charlie Harari with us live via telephone. If, if you're on <laughs> that, having been said, if you're on a schedule, let let me know <laughs> because I, I don't know when homeschooling starts and when it doesn't. So if you need there's to no if you need to go, just let me know. Um, and then there's the business aspect. Look, Charlie, it's not a secret. Um, everyone knows that that no matter what line of work you're in, unless you know unless you sell head sanitizer. You know, these are going to be very difficult months ahead, and, and there have been challenges in the past, obviously. You know, I saw a Facebook post the other day, which was somewhat cute. It said something like, uh, you know, when you're on a plane, it's irrelevant to you. You know, you never worry who the pilot is when you're on a train. You have no, you know, clue who the conductor is. You know, you put your full faith in them. So, you know, why not do the same thing with life? You know, let the conductor, so to speak, obviously referring to the one above, you know, just to just you know, just guide you through and, and get you to the next destination. That having been said, and all the inspiring words that one can give, there's a tremendous amount of anxiety out there. People at this point, liter- many people at this point, literally wondering you know, how they're going to be able to make it through. Anything you could say to this collective audience who might be concerned about what the future will bring? Yeah, um, th- there is no way of knowing. There, there's a couple of things that one can do. The first and foremost is prayer. God, remember that God does give Parnassa, not the boss and not the economy. And sometimes we lose faith in that. And when someone puts their bitachon in Hashem, they get the shaliach, even if it's a different shaliach. We have we say the pasuk, Hashlech el Hashem If you throw your burdens onto Hashem, He'll support you. So the first thing and foremost is sometimes we forget that God's the one who gives us Parnassa. Secondly, it's believe it or not, it's stucca that. When you think about somebody else in need and you think about somebody else's financial needs, we learn from our, our tzaddikim, we learn from, from Torah that if you want to be mefarnes, if you're a conduit for tzedakah, that'll have a much higher chance. And, and the last thing with the shishtadlis is to sit back and ask yourself, like, okay, what, what's going on in my career? What can I do from where I am to help that along? So for some people, it's learning how to work remotely mm. and maybe embracing it in a way that they never had to before. For some people, it's learning the thing that they never knew before, mm. right? So I never had time to learn about financial statements or to learn about this part of my business or to learn about where I think I'm going to be. But now I'm sitting at home. Why don't I take two hours a day and study online on a course that I never had a, me- a moment to do? Mm. So if you sit back and ask yourself, I've got the world's information at my fingertips, I've got time like I never had before, and I've got a new reality forming, for, many, for some people it'll be what it'll be, and they'll, they'll, they'll do the best they can. For some people, they're sitting at home, there is a chance to either reinvent or to pivot even what you know to become a leader in the new world. 
And maybe there's a bit, maybe in the business, no one has stepped up and said, hey, listen, I'll remotely organize this, or I'll keep on moving for this, or I'm going to study this. So always be open to the opportunity that brings, and every disruption is opportunity. And so you're seeing now we're in a period of disruption. We, we, we've we been going through disruptions for a, for a decade. They're just coming at a much slower you know, clip. But wherever there's disruption, there's opportunity for new growth. There's opportunity for new, for new chances. And if people sit back and worry, they're wasting the energy on what they can't do. If they're going to turn to Hashem, if they're going to turn to the most, the most definitive thing that we have for Parnassah and our faith is Staka. If you turn to prayer, you turn to Staka, and then you look to your job and see what you can learn now, I think you're putting yourself in the best position to be successful. You remind me of something that my uh, late brother always said. He uh, taught real estate, you know, the traditional real estate course, one of the things he did. And uh, he would always say, uh, when there's a downturn in the real estate economy, here's your chance to take the course, get your license, read up on everything, learn the craft well, and by the time everything goes back up or starts to go back up, you'll be ready to attack the market. And that's, of course, just one example of what you're saying. Yeah. I, I heard I read a story recently about a woman in her 60s who was working at a big company and her company was downsizing and they offered people for those who want free online courses and this woman said I'll take it and she became a, a programmer and she's <laughs> sitting in a room with kids that were 40 years her junior but she took it seriously and she used the time as her as her division was downsizing as opposed to getting stuck in the negative spiral to study coding and she won some U.S. award because she brought a certain level of experience to her coding. And she became this incredible, and, and it was a huge, massive Fortune 500 company. And she became one of the top coders. Unbelievable. She didn't look at it like, <laughs> I'm old, and so as a result, not that 60 Gospits old, but like compared right. to 20-year-olds who are all living with computers on their fingertips, it's so easy for someone older to be like, well, you that's know, not, my not thing, how I right? learned it. Not my thing, right? <laughs> it's not my thing, and and she turned it around, and I couldn't believe it. Like I was so proud of her. I didn't know her. That like here's a woman who's saying, "Listen, teach me. I'll learn. I did this before." And by the way, you know what we can learn from? We can learn from our grandparents because my grandfather ended up in this country after having the worst childhood ever, going through Auschwitz and all that he went through. He landed here and he reinvented himself. And my grandmother, the same thing. They landed. They had no money. They had no any education, and they said, "Okay." We got to make it work, and they reinvented themselves. And our grandparents, my grandparents, right? The the Holocaust generation is the. We have to look to them now and say, "Here's a group of people that showed tremendous resilience at every level." It means that we have it in us as well, and we've got to do that as well. Charlie Harari's with us. Um, by the way, I should mention we talked about tefillah, as you mentioned, uh, and and the shiurim that I that I cited. You know, are dominating so many synagogue programs on a daily basis, thank God. Um, and, and and there are a million opportunities, YouTube videos, etc. Why you Torah is one of a million examples, you know, where people can get everything. But isn't it nice to see how so many rabbis are taking to modern technology and setting up schedules where literally people can call in and hear live? And you know how people prefer live very often, especially when they want to interact with somebody. You know, have, have they, how they're providing live scheduled uh, shiurim for people to enjoy literally day and night. I mean, there's some of these shiur schedules, they go till 11 o'clock at night. So again, one of the benefits of the, uh, of this situation is that thank God we have the technology to, to do this and to, to really enhance our day and to feel a little bit of that, you know, togetherness, the lack of loneliness, however you want to put it that, that you described earlier. 
Yeah, you know, one of the things that we don't get enough credit for is being the most entrepreneurial nation in the world, right? There's, there's, no, it, there's a reason why Israel's called startup nation, because it's basically just Jews on an island, basically <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a geographical, uh, early sociological island. But right. We're the most entrepreneurial nation in the world, right? You ever go to any, any neighborhood, every, you know, even the whole multiple shul thing, which some people don't love, but, like, it just shows that, like, we're entrepreneurs by nature. Right. And this is exactly what's happening, right? We come in, we're saturated, we build institutions, schools and schools. That shuts down, we don't even blink. No one even blink. Day one, that shuts down, boom, everybody's online. Like, That's I'm true. getting calls left and right, and I'm sure you are as well, and I'm everybody, it's, not, it's everybody getting a million calls. Last night, some Hawaiian did a, uh, a live video. I mean, it's so beautiful. And I, and I want us to appreciate this. Yeah, we've been hit with, like, you know, 10 new concepts in the, whole, <laughs> yeah. in the last few days. Yeah, I'm sure. It's so beautiful that when the going gets tough, our nation just stands up and says, how are we rolling with these punches? There is so, I have found so few licking wounds and woe is us and what's going to be, and it's all over. I haven't heard I mean, maybe it's not coming to me because they know that I, won't, I don't digest it as much. But, like, I don't find that our people just do that. And it's, and the, it's uh, beautiful. It, and it, these are the moments where we have to sit back and really appreciate who we are. It's the positive part of being a stubborn nation, right? It's the positive yeah. part. <laughs> That's right. That's All right, exactly now, right. Now, now listen, Mr. Harari. There are too many people who are begging me to ask you about the final topic this morning, and we're really going to put Uh-oh. you. We're really going to put you on the spot now. Okay, here goes. We're really going to put you on the spot. We've covered the synagogues. We've covered the inspiration. We've covered tefillah, the shiurim, uh, the 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 you know asking people to do what they can in their own lives to use this opportunity to improve themselves and rebuild themselves when necessary, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Charlie Harari. Uh, too many people in this audience believe that you have to be depressed about the suspension of the NBA season. I mean, too many people <laughs> are... If there's one thing that gets me, that's it. This Thursday was March Madness. And I don't know, they may, I heard they may cancel the name March. I don't think, I think this may be called February in order for us to get a chance. Yeah, I don't know how to deal with that. There, there are things we can deal with, but not having March Madness this year, I... I I have no answer oh, for so it to beyond you, my comprehension. So to you, but beyond Yeshiva University, for you, the, the NCAA is even harder to swallow than the NBA. Oh, yeah. The NBA, I, 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 have, I have very little. I mean, God bless them, whatever. I, I don't I oh, have very little I, I didn't concern realize that. for the NBA, for the, for the, uh, even for the NHL. To me, the, the, the NCAA is this moment where you see – the blood, the sweat, the tears, the heart of some young people, honestly, who will never play professional sports, who have been working on this for their entire lives. Um, and this is the, the dance. that. And also, as a kid growing up, I, I'm, I'm biased to things as a kid growing up. So as a kid growing up, we used to sneak out of school. We used to go to somebody's <laughs> house. We used to shut up. We used to hold ourselves in a room and just watch straight games. That's what happens in the beginning of these tournaments, right? You're watching yeah. 10 games in a row. You right. get into, like, Wichita State. You, get, you find out where Gonzaga is. And, like, it's, it's, it's a period of time that I have very, you know, wonderful nostalgic memories for. And so, yeah. 
I I don't know. I, I, I have no answer for why Hashem stopped the NCAA March Madness. Maybe <laughs> that, one day he'll show that, up. That's the one thing of all your maybe questions. One day, right? Maybe when Mashiach comes, he'll go, listen, I'm sorry I had to come in March. I understand about March Madness, <laughs> but let me give you, like, the, the, let me explain to you why in Shemayim we had to do this. It's, sure fu- we'll it's, it's funny that he quote-unquote messed this up. He gave us a 9-11 in September. He gave us Sandy in October. You'd think he'd keep all these disasters in the fall and not interrupt your basketball schedule, huh? <laughs> I wonder, I'm sure when he comes to me, he's going to be Mitarit Kushit, they say, right? Like, I'm sure one of the kashas he's going to speak to is why they Dafka had to mess with March Madness. And one of the things we'll ask Mashiach when he comes to Mishim one day is how come that happens. By the way, one of the benefits, you'll appreciate this, one of the benefits of being holed up in the house the majority of the day is that yesterday I came across a documentary on Jim Volvano. Oh, my gosh. Charlie, oh, Charlie yeah. if you want inspiration... If you want inspiration, I mean, yeah. I, I can imagine you've read the books about him and stuff. I mean, just yeah, what a guy! I mean, what just uh, you know, the the, yeah. the man who has such tremendous love for other human beings—that in itself is an incredible mida. When you have that yeah. level of care for other human beings, yeah, really yeah, amazing. you know, one of the things we spoke about this all the time. I find that the world is split between people that understand sports and don't understand sports. Right. People that don't understand sports think that sport is about a ball and a, and a score. People that either grew up with it or understand it, know that it's not about that. The ball is a metaphor for heart. It's, a, it's an outlet for things that are it, it, for things that aren't really real, like it's not. I mean, we're joking around that you know whether yeah. they cancel or not has no real impact. Right. But um, but it's a metaphor for lots of things in life that we all strive for to overcome challenges and to be the best that we can be. And for some people, it's on a court. And Jimmy Valvano is someone like that that really brought out the best in people. Uh, and I know there, there's a lot of people that are. You know, to me, why you is I, I, I was I was going crazy with their season. I mean, like Elliot Steinmetz, the guys in YU, I mean. These guys are, are incredible, and what they've accomplished is incredible. And, you know, and all these students, they and, really try hard. And ask, to, and, and ask them what sports is. You're not going to get an answer that's a, you know playing a game with a ball. You ask them what sports is, you'll get a, a really deep answer, both about all the things you just mentioned, the personal midos that can increase, and the national pride in midos that can increase when, when someone takes it seriously. Yeah, for sure. And things happen on courts that don't happen other places. Elliot told me once with regards to anti-Semitism that when it came on the court, if he ever felt it, you know, he had so much support from other people nice. because the court is it's, its own world. And there's a certain amount of rules and a certain amount of decorum. And, and it's an amazing thing that people that don't understand sports don't get that it, it means a lot to people, and it's, it, it teaches you lessons in life that, you know, for many people, this is where they learn it from. You know, like you said, overcoming challenges, nidos, um, you know, teamwork, unity, the power of achdos. These are, these, are, these are lessons in life that you can apply to more important things as you get older. No question about it. By the way, you'll remember this conversation because uh, we have breaking news that Tom Brady has announced he will not be going back to New England. Oh, wow. So you'll remember where you heard that first, Mr. Harari. Wow, that's breaking news. That's, I think I think the reason why that it came out today, because I think people need something to, to Google besides coronavirus today. Also, I think, also, I think, the first time. I think sports said there was begging him for some news. Yes.
This is, this is designed by Squirt. Exactly. Bowling and chess wasn't enough for people to. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, this is what people are going to be cheering over. Um, but oh my! Well, that's going to be. Thank God there'll be a, a brief respite from Corona googling to figure out where Tom Brady is going next year. Yeah, so no question that, about that. It, it, came, it came at a good time. Um, Charlie, I thank you. I thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you for all that you do. I appreciate that. This is really, really, really interesting times, and I hope that everybody, especially as we gather as a community each day in this forum, I hope people are able to keep the positive perspective. I, for some reason, you know, I, I have expected to hear from a lot of close friends how difficult life is cooped up with the kids at home, and I have not heard though. You sort of said that before. I just haven't heard that yet from anybody. I know it's only a few days. I get the whole thing. But it seems that people, when when needed, they'll be resilient and and yeah. you know. I mean, to think about our friends in New Rochelle who had to be home for two weeks and uh, and not move. Yeah. I mean, that that's a very long period of time. Yeah. And one of the things that I hope people realize today, and this is a unique opportunity that we doesn't we talk about this all the time. The difference between Muna and Bitachon, right? Right. Muna is you believe that there is a Hashem. It's intellectual. Bitachon is you feel like He's taking care of you. It's emotional. It's applied Muna. And these are the moments where people can actually flex the muscle of bitachon. Because usually throughout your life, if you're, if you're fairly healthy, if you've got food on your table, if you get your, your, your payments through human beings or corporations or whatever, it's really hard to live with bitachon. You believe Hashem exists, but like, is He taking care of you? If someone goes through a personal crisis, they have to exercise that muscle. Now people, now a, a whole nation can get together and say, I'm going to feel like Hashem's going to take care of me. I'm going to practice bitachon. I'm going to feel happy. I'm going to f- force simcha. I'm going to let him run the world. We can, we can come out of this as a nation being much stronger in our bitachon, and there's no telling what we can become when that muscle is strong. So we've got a real opportunity here to, to really exercise a muscle that may have been dormant this past generation because we've been living a fairly okay life communally to really become a, na- uh, a nation that we, we never had a chance to become. Yeah, when you have luxury and you have, uh, you know, an easy, relatively easy situation, it's hard sometimes to keep that perspective. You remind me, someone once said to me, you want to become a real uh, Balbi Tachum, become a small business owner. Then you'll then, no, it's no question. <laughs> then you'll see no question. how month to month you're praying to the one above how that things should yeah. go in a positive fashion. Yeah, you know, there's a great story of a guy who actually was working for a company, and he left, and he opened up his own business. And they asked him why, and he said that reason. He said because I found myself hoping that my boss was happy with me, and not hoping that Hashem was happy with me. And wow, and that transition could he. Besides the security that he had, he couldn't stomach it. He couldn't stomach the fact that he just didn't really worry about Hashem anymore. And he left the company. He looked in a beautiful big company, made a lot of money. He opened up his own business, and thank God he did okay. And he said, just the fact that I wake up in the morning and I have to ask Hashem for my sustenance, it means that i got a relationship with God. And after, after 120, he said, I'd much rather have that than the security of the paycheck. I couldn't believe it when I heard it, but it's, it's true. Wow. There's a certain value that we have when we wake up in the morning, and we're going through it. And you turn to Hashem and say, Hashem, help me through this day. Like, help me through What's going to be? I don't know. If we did that and really came out of this, and we'll come out of this, Mr. Hashem, we came out of this with really strong muscles of bitachon, I mean, we'll be different people. We'll be, and we'll have, and thank God we have all the, 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 
the accoutrements of this generation. We're not coming out of the Holocaust, right? right? When we come back into our lives and have an 11-hour flight to Israel, and we have the Internet, and we have, thank God, the, the, the luxuries, and we then put on top of that the power of bitachon and achdos and the depreciation for shuls, I mean, I can't even imagine what we're going to look like. And, it's going and to be beautiful. And believe me, our, our attitude towards Fila Betzibra will be even more enhanced, which, which is only positive. Uh, yeah. and, and for me, it's such a, so, so, so much one of the critical things about all of this. Um, well, uh, what can I say? Oh, by the way, what time does, uh, does Harari Academy start? Is there a specific start time or, uh, we're, we're, yeah, I think it's, I, I don't know. I think everyone's slowly getting up um, <laughs> today, today, I think at eight o'clock people are like, Oh my gosh, so early. I'm like, it's eight o'clock. You know, everybody should be up already. So. Oh, well, actually, we, we tried to put a schedule in place, so we're negotiating with our children about exactly the schedules and you know what we should have, and we want to have family this, and so we're, we're, we're working it out. I think we got dinner last night together. We had a chabura last night, which some of the kids protested, which is okay. Oh, is that funny? And we'll, we'll get there. We'll oh, get is, there. That, is that funny? Um, yeah, one of my kids, one of my college kids uh, said he had a really full schedule yesterday. So he said, uh, first class will be in the bedroom, second class in the living room, third. I said, I need to change the scenery. I can't do, I can't look at a screen in the same room for eight straight hours, you know? Yeah. Charlie. Negotiating with my wife let me walk around the block to see how that works. <laughs> well, I, th- well, I think, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I think even the most careful, uh, 